we are going to be matched in Dr. Shree's energy level and passion and excitement for the Lord by our next guests. What an introduction. Right? You're, you're welcome. I need to start doing jumping jacks over here. I'm so excited. <laughs> we have uh, Emily Leadham in studio here with us at the banquet to talk about a really, um, I think for some people, intriguing and maybe provocative topic of chastity in marriage. Well, and a topic people don't want to talk about. Yeah. Speak for yourself. Awkward. I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's awkward, Emily. Awkward. It can be, yes. No, that's very, that's very, very true. I think it's a vulnerable topic um, because it requires us to reveal something about ourselves, about our humanity, about the reality um, of kind of a marital life that, yeah, that I think can be kind of intimidating for people. So before we dive into that too far, real brief, tell us what you do for the diocese. Yeah, so I'm Emily Leadham. I serve as the Director of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life for the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Um, I've been working for the diocese for several years previously in more of an event coordinator role and now in in, in this role for the last two or three years. Um, and I always tell people it's such an outpouring of kind of what the Lord is doing in my life because I'm, I'm married. I have a young family. We've got two girls um, and a super handsome hunk of a humanity uh, husband <laughs> named Matt. And and yeah, I think oftentimes I just, I feel he like so much. He is rather cute. He is so cute. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think a lot of times I'm just, I'm so taken by the fact that so much of what God is kind of doing in our marriage and our life is also what he's wanting to reveal uh, in my work in ministry as well. So I'm learning right along with everybody. I love it. You're perfect for the job. So talking about chastity and talking about it with married couples, I don't I don't really know if I fully understand that. Explain that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think a lot of people think of chastity as uh abstinence before marriage or mm-hmm. uh you know, the boundaries of purity before marriage. Uh but really chastity is like an integrated approach to human sexuality in every phase and in every stage. Um, so that applies to the young teenager, that applies to our grandmas and grandpas. I know I went there. Um, oh it applies to our religious sisters, our priests, uh, and our married couples. And it's really, a, it's like I said, it's that integrated approach to sexuality saying, um, there's a proper time and a proper place to express uh, in the context of marriage to express the gifts of our sexuality and navigating how to do that well within the confines of you know family planning and within the reality of um, whatever it might be tiredness or sick kids or whatever and so chastity kind of recognizes that um, it's not a free-for-all and that there's actually times of abstinence by choice or by default, um, and that we can still have a fully flourishing, beautiful married marriage um, within within the realities of love life. If that makes sense. I think the key word that you used is integrated. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, you give examples from people who live other vocations, uh, mm-hmm. priest, mm-hmm. religious. Um, our sexuality is a gift to all of us, whether we're married, single, um, ordained, uh, consecrated, whatever it is. So we're all called to chastity in that sense of, of integration. But 
could you say more looking here, particularly within marriage? And you were just giving examples, um, uh, abstaining when we're called to by choice or by circumstance or whatever. Um, what else does that look like? I remember back in the early 80s, now St. John Paul II, when he was giving the weekly audiences that we now know as Theology of the Body, he, when he gave the address where he talked about chastity within marriage, a lot of people really, it, it made the secular news because people misunderstand chastity for abstinence. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk more then, what what does that look like uh, for people who who are married and are seeking to grow in their love and in chastity? Yeah, I think um, a couple other realities is is faithfulness to the marriage vows. You know, uh, not only am I having eyes for... as a a major reality that challenges the gifts of uh, the gifts of sexuality and marriage um or uh contraception is a big one that comes up that challenges chastity and marriage it's 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 a disintegrated approach to to the gift of sexuality I remember what JP2 specifically said is it's possible for a man to lust after his wife and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And I, I just really like mm-hmm. when people think about um, sexuality and what lust is, mm-hmm. the idea that you could lust after your spouse seems like, well, no, you're married. But lust is the objectific- objectification of the other. Yes. And we're not supposed to make sexual objects out of anybody, including our spouses. And it becomes use. You exactly. know, I think that's the real mm. question that couples can ask themselves. Am I, am I using my spouse for my own personal gratification? And really, I mean, quite practically on the ground, I hear a lot of couples that will express, you know, a hard day at work or... Uh, the stresses of life and I just want to be with my spouse because I need an outlet to relax right. or an outlet for whatever. That's 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 really using the gift of your spouse, uh, abusing the gift of your yep. spouse in that regard rather than I'm bringing my whole self to you in all that I am as a pure gift uh, to lay my life down for you and vice versa. You know, it's an entirely different approach. And so I think uh, approaching marriage the marriage bed um with that real like yeah pouring out of self is kind of the key difference so how do you go beyond um knowing the difference between the two things how do you know if you're treating your spouse the correct way because you are going to desire them Mm -hmm. and you are going to have those kinds of feelings for somebody who this is a completely new concept for them Mm -hmm. how would they know that they're approaching it the right way Mm -hmm. yeah i think i think self-awareness is huge cultivating that self-awareness fostering that self-awareness to recognize okay where where am i at and why is it that i would like to initiate this relationship with my with my spouse right now is it because um i just need a a break i just need to be whatever um or is it really man like i love this woman this man so much and i am totally ready to unite myself to them in this in this powerful way so i think the self-awareness um i think really practically if if this is entirely new to anybody the gift of natural family planning um automatically 
starts to sift that out mm-hmm. i think for couples because um it becomes there with with the use of natural family planning which we're in a uh, a week of natural family planning awareness across the country and kind of educating couples about this gift but um i think approaching it and recognizing okay when is what's kind of the natural cycle of the woman's fertility um and that there are times key times if you're trying to avoid pregnancy um that a couple must intentionally choose to abstain mm-hmm. um and it and it's and it's hard it's it's really hard but i think what happens is that it starts to weed out some of that selfishness and says i choose you above my desires i choose our family above my desires i choose you know god's plan for our marriage above my desires and then there's times when uh you know maybe it's the infertile period of a woman's cycle or they're open to a new life um where because they are approaching the marriage bed through an awareness of fertility the fertile cycle all of that there's there's a shift that happens i think in the human heart there's a shift that happens with couples um that then they start approaching it as okay this is an integrated not just a sexual reality but it's unitive and it's procreative Mm -hmm. um and we're just choosing how to utilize that gift of procreation i'm choosing it intentionally rather than responding to the times that those desires might might arise which doesn't sound as sexy but i think if done well it totally is (laughs) (laughs) if you're just tuning in who is this we're talking Uh, i'm dr chris bergwald and i'm heather carrow and you're listening to real presence live and we are talking this morning with emily leadham about the reality and the gift and beauty of chastity within marriage so emily you talked about your i want to get this right now handsome hunk of humanity uh husband matt also known as matt but yes, preferably the a, handsome yes, hunk of humanity yes, it gets long though i mean so uh, your we need an acronym <laughs> triple h is that yeah triple h <laughs> um, so just in, in your own marriage with matt how have you seen this lived up yeah we um matt and i are so blessed to have just this awesome group of friends um where you know, Heather, I had to laugh when you made a comment earlier of like, nobody wants to talk about it because this is like a frequent topic at our dinner conversation, <laughs> you know, at our dinner table with our friends and with each other and that kind of thing. Um, and to be totally honest, I think it's something that my husband and I are continuing to like work on because it's not it's not easy to live this gift of chastity within within marriage well. I think it can be really challenging. Um, but we talk all the time about how like we desire to have this like fully integrated holy life pursuing sanctity together hand in hand arm in arm um and the yeah the the great like challenge has actually been a source of great joy as well for us and it's and in the in the times where maybe we're we're abstaining and don't want to or whatever um i think we've really had to be intentional about finding other ways to like feel connected and to love on each other and um you know so sharing a glass of wine on our deck this summer whatever it is Mm -hmm. for you for you as a couple you know find your thing um but i think it's really yeah, been a great uh, a great source of value. And the other that the really practical thing that I would say, going kind of back to natural family planning, um, one of the things that we do in our marriage is that Matt is in charge of keeping the charts yep. for our fertile. Um, cycles. And so uh, we actually have an app. I don't think it's like supposed. To, I don't think it's a legit app. 
but we use it anyway <laughs> to chart the crate model. Not, they not, don't have, app. yes, yeah, it's yeah. not. Yep. Yep. So, um, it's actually, it kind of follows the Creighton model of, um, natural family planning, but I don't think that they actually have an app. I think somebody else just made one because yeah. they thought that they should have one and it's yeah. been great. So anyways, we, um, we've been, we've been utilizing that and it's been just awesome for Matt to really like be in charge of that. And so he'll frequently ask me, Hey, what'd you see today? You know, where are we at or whatever? And he knows more about my body than I do a lot of times. Um, you know, so I'll ask like, okay, do I need to bring things if I were to get my cycle or something like when we're packing for a trip and he's, he's kind of in charge of that. And it's, it's, I think prevented, um, what happens with a lot of couples is that one feels like the gatekeeper and one feels like the initiator. And so I think it's really pushed against, um, yeah, kind of that that divide that can come up. In our last couple minutes here, Emily, um, for those that are listening, you you got blessed and you got lucky, um, or God blessed you richly with Matt. What if you have a couple that this is all a new concept for them? This is not something they've ever thought about. How do you even start talking to your spouse about this? How do they go about learning more about it? What tools can you give them? Yeah, absolutely. I think one really good place to start is actually just the health benefits. Um, a lot of people get behind the idea of, okay, what when we put a, a pill in our body or just simply look at the list of potential <coughs> side effects on the pamphlets that the hospital mm-hmm. or the clinic mm-hmm. hands you with your IUD or with your whatever, that's enough for me to say, hold on, I don't know if I want that in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think to really start at that place with your spouse to say, I w- I we need I need something healthy um, for for my body for my cycle my fertility is not a disease it's actually a normal thing and that's and it's something that I need to kind of honor help me figure this out help let's let's make a healthy choice together number one um, but then number two um, and maybe this should have been number one really start praying I think intentionally for your spouse in that regard you know if you are really convicted about this and your spouse is like heck no there's no way um, there, there's a conversion of heart that needs to happen there and so really intentionally praying for your spouse in that regard uh, but then also find community of people find other people that can speak into this that you can go have a beer with and say all right tell me practically how is this lived out mm-hmm. how do you do this well because I'm you know I'm scared to death that we're gonna have 18 kids if we do this <laughs> yeah. um, and so to, to sit down with couples that are in the trenches that are using it effectively um, to say this is this is best for my soul it's best for my body um, you know I think we're afraid to say contraception is actually a mortal sin you know we've, we've become afraid to say that uh, but it, but it is. It severs something in our relationship with God. So find community that can that can walk you through that. We that, that went fast, Emily. We ran out of time. Know. Too much. Too <laughs> fast. Too fast. Thank you for sure. So and again, this is, we're in the midst of NFP Awareness Week, right? Mm-hmm. And any any is there a general resource that you would point to if people want to learn more? Yeah, you can start um, at the USCCB's website, usccb.org. Um, a search there will point you to a lot of different resources. Um, if you're on Instagram, follow the hashtag NFP Awareness Week. That's a really great way to just learn more and see couples that are witnessing this, people that are sharing kind of the realities and the health benefits, um, or diocesan websites. I know here in the Diocese of Sioux Falls, we have a, a webpage entirely devoted to these resources, and I think other dioceses do as well. Um, yeah, there's a million and one, and I'd be happy to, to receive any phone calls for couples that want to learn more about what um, what this can look like, healing, and, and also what next steps are. 
Great. Very good. Thanks, Emily. Thank you, Emily. Thanks, guys. Pleasure having you.